Welcome to Parked, a disc golf podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the men's 2021 season. Everything that went down, the wins, the losses, the highlights. It's going to be an incredible episode. Joining me, as always, is Hayden. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm pretty good. Ready to, I guess, end the week. I know that we came on a Wednesday this week, but, you know, get to play some doubles this weekend um, and just have fun in this yeah, cold weather. We get to do a that practice round. It's getting like. cold. That I do not like on my face. Yeah, we have all shaved. Um, Justin, Justin, I don't assume it's that cold down there. Justin, how it, cold is it down there, man? How are you? Uh, I'm okay. Um, the high today, 78. But the high over the 78? weekend was like 65. Which for Florida... 65 for Florida, I guess. is Yeah, it's pretty cold. It's, it's cold. Like in the mornings, yeah. I wake up and it's in the 60s and it feels amazing. Yeah. So yeah, speaking um, of being cold, so um, I'm Mitch, by the way, I never introduced my own self, but you know, there you go. Now you know who I am. Um, but who talks post is Mitch. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, so this, if you didn't know, this month is November, otherwise known as Movember, where uh, it's Men's Health Awareness Month. And we have all decided to participate and shave our faces. It has been over a decade since I clean shaved my face. <laughs> like at least my senior superlative in high school, 10 plus years ago, was best facial hair. So I, I literally like have lived that out every day of my life. And I, I I don't know what it feels like to have a clean shaven face and it's freaking me out. How are you guys feeling since we shaved three days ago? I'm fine. I mean, <laughs> just getting used to the cold on my face, you know, that's, that's a new one. But I mean, other than that, supporting so actually, men's health. I actually typically will clean not clean shave, but I'll trim it down pretty close yeah. uh, every month, two months. Basically what happens is my beard will get to a point where I'm annoyed with it and I'll attempt mm. to just trim it to just make it look like presentable. And then, and then, then I said, get screw it. And then I get frustrated. Yeah. So then I just take it all the way down. And so I'm actually somewhat used to this. You but just my, not have good products or what's the deal? My students, eh, yeah, pretty much. Um, or, or good or good facial hair. Um, students <laughs> are not used to this. And so all of this week, they're like, uh, what did you do? Why did you do that? We don't like it. it your own students like, are just giving And then this? I'm like trying to explain like the men's health thing and like what I'm like trying to support here. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Ha, 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 Mr. K. And I'm like, okay, wow, this is just like <laughs> eighth period, you know? So the mustache is going to get really big. So I told them, I was like, yeah, I'm only growing a mustache. Like yeah. everything else has to stay clean. They're like, oh, no. <laughs> oh no. Hey, if you're an eighth grader out there, look, when we're all in eighth grade, we're all kind of kind of mean. dicks about things and we're One just of mean. Them Can you just be nice to your mustache. teachers? Eighth grader? <laughs> yeah, okay. He was like, the real question is mine. you need to find an eighth grader at your school that is also doing this that's gonna have a better mustache than you at the end of this. That's uh, if if he's in the eighth grade, that means he's actually fifteen and gonna have a parking spot at our school next year. Yep. So yeah, well, I, I think I, I think Hayden is going to win the mustache award of this this month. I think he's going to be able to grow a pretty good raging mustache, um, mainly because his hair, his facial hair goes December. straight. No, God, no. Okay, no, I don't want to mess up my Christmas card. Um, we should do a parked <laughs> Christmas card. That'd be amazing, dude. Um, I, I will be up my there face for a full week. Come 20, Thanksgiving, 2019 when I was living in Colorado, parents came out on Christmas. I had a solely just a mustache. I remember that. You were living with me at the time, weren't you? No, it's, no I was in Colorado. I was in your in Colorado. Mustache. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you had a mustache and I loved it. I thought it looked incredible. Mm -hmm. I like my mustache. Yeah. 
when we embraced, I could feel the mustache and scrape my shoulder. It was, it was a special moment. Um, speaking of special moments, this is parked wow. to disc golf podcast. Um, what's the last hole that you parked Hayden? I would say 18 today at Etowah. On your, what, what shot, oh, what number shot was mind. that? I was like, you, we threw uh, like six know. and then it took us forever to get down I actually there. don't know the last hole I parked because I don't think a parked one out there really. I had a first ever parked fail because I put it with my bag on uh, hole 11 mm. out of Etowah. I kept my bag on against a tree and like hit the tree and like. Did I was, even park one out there? I don't know. We were just kind of screwing around. Mm, whatever. Let's so, just say this. We played doubles today because Hayden and I have a doubles tournament, just a one round fun, like doubles. It's a, it's an XC tier. Like it's a PDGA doubles tournament. Um, sucked. But uh, I shot better solo than Hayden and I shot together today, yeah, which was dumb. kind of sad. Um, just goes to show that we're make a really good team. Also, we weren't trying and it was <laughs> raining and cold. Um, the tee pads were incredibly slippery, but yeah, it. Tee pads were yeah it wasn't the greatest. Uh, what's the last hole that you parked, Mr. Justin? Uh-huh. Technically, hold two out at uh, FCC. Te- technically, but, hold two. Why does this? Well, because te- I always, technical I always park, park it's that it's that nine it's that nine hole. So I always park it. That hole's the one hole that like it doesn't matter. I just step up. That's your, that's your fallback hole. Yeah, that's the that's fallback park hole. <laughs> well, like I, I went out and parked it. I went out and parked it last night. So nice. Um, no, actually, um, we went and played. I managed to convince the wife to come out with me, and she even she even mm. threw. I think yeah, the so first. On. First half of the course, yeah. we played Ronnie Van Zant out in Clay County. Um, I knocked four strokes off of my best score out there. So that's, if anything, I think that shows myself that I'm making some progress. And some of those, that score could have been a lot lower. It was just poor upshot decisions or early releases, weird missed putts, like mm-hmm. things where I'm like, okay, if I had slowed down or if I had mm-hmm. done this differently, you know, just learning things, right? Yeah. Um, but whole, I tagged it. For the podcast, one thing I forgot shared, but a uh, whole eight. So I think it's like 320 feet through a long bowman. I posted the video. Uh, it's the one where I definitely like, I see some rounding. I also slipped on that tee pad. Like the vans are great to throw flat in, but if there's any kind of like sand or Mitch, I'm sure as you experienced the water, mm-hmm. like they slide through it all. I've, so I've had the opposite. I've had pretty good grip in my vans. Have you really? With, uh, yeah, with it. I was wearing my old Terexes today because I hadn't waterproofed my vans yet. And mm-hmm. I was slipping all over the place today. Huh. But my fans, I noticed I slip. I don't know. Maybe I'm I putting mean, pressure in my feet wrong. But even those tee pads, I was still playing with the idiots. Yeah, those tee pads were bad. They were like no turf, grip. and they were like turf, really, no really, grip. really fine turf, Ugh. and they were a little bit wet. And uh, which they're usually great, but uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be like a mud festival. Um, this week, put a towel down. Yeah. Well, speaking of mud festivals, we're getting into the fall, getting into the cold weather. Are any of you guys drinking a stout tonight? I'm drinking whiskey. Mm. No stouts. No stouts. I'm not, not the. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of stouts. I'm not either. I'll probably grab a Guinness come December, January. Yeah, I was in between grabbing a stout. My mom drinks a lot of stouts, and I got her a, a so s'mores. Yeah, he does. I got a. I got her a s'mores milk stout that there I was going to go. drink, but I was like, that's a little heavy for what I want to. What I want to drink tonight, but I am sipping on a birthday month hop latte cold brew double ipa from wild leap in Mm, south georgia lagrange this is an incredible beer look on instagram i got it right here we need to start posting pictures of it by the way when we all have the logins of our what we're sipping on for the podcast we need to do that um but we will we will start doing that um this is hop latte it is a very interesting beer i thought it was going to be 
a stout, but it's actually a double IPA that's brewed with coffee. So it's kind Ooh. of an in-between. The color of it is more of like a, it's not a normal like hazy IPA color. It's more of like kind of has, it's not as stout. It's like a weird in-between of like a caramel-y color to it. Um, but let me, let me read, read this with me. Uh, read Here this and take us, take us somewhere. Down Mitch's rabbit we hole. are traveling. We are heading to LaGrange, Georgia. There's not a lot down there, um, but uh, <laughs> Moo, for <I> real. <laughs> yeah. When we opened the brewery in 2017, we featured a fresh coffee IPA in our tap room. And it was so popular that we continued to keep it on tap using different beans from around the world. We discovered the unique magical combination of coffee and IPA. The Hop Latte Cold Brew Double IPA features our favorite coffee blend, Partners in Crema, from Foundation City Coffee in Columbus, Georgia. We added this blend to a delicious, juicy double IPA with milk, sugar, and vanilla beans. Cheers to four years. Cheers. It's pretty incredible. It's got the little four with a little birthday little, oh, little thing go. on it. It's pretty awesome. But it's definitely one of the most unique IPAs. I'm usually a pretty quick beer drinker. Like I just, I sip and, and drink pretty quick, which is funny because like when I eat things, I can go an entire meal and not take a sip of anything. Um, but this one is like, it's heavy because it has like the coffee kind of flavor to it. I, it takes me a long time to drink it, but it's very good. But mm. you you're sipping on whiskey tonight. Slow. I, I eat slower than most mammals, I would assume. It's super slow. Mm-hmm. But no, um, just sipping on some honey whiskey that Brandon had gotten. Um, don't know the brand. Didn't pay attention to it. But it was whiskey some straight. Honey, some honey whiskey. Yep. Whiskey's great. Mm. So. Justin, what are you sipping on, bro? So I got a new one tonight. Uh, we were at uh, Trader Joe's and they had one of those like you can buy six of your own like mm-hmm. single can. You, you pick six. You you pick six. So I grabbed a, this is Trader Joe's, I think, I guess their house brand. It's a Boatswain double IPA known as the Twin Screw Steamer. 8.4%. They claim that it's supposed to be like extra bold and bitter from all the extra hops. Um mm-hmm. I actually find it pretty sweet and smooth, but yeah. Hayden, wasn't that the, the wasn't that on the back of your jersey twin screw streamer when you were in high school? I don't know who you're talking to. Yeah, I don't know what Mitch has tried to, <laughs> to get at there. It's just I've never heard that before. Twin screw twin screamer. Why is it associated with me in my I, I could see that. I could see Hayden as There's the a twin lot of screw ways screamer. We take this, but this is a family quote unquote podcast. <laughs> We're we're differing. We're 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 on the way down. <laughs> we're on the way down. These episodes are getting more and more explicit the farther yeah, along yeah. we go. Good, good. That's that's needed. That's Mitch's goal. We want to we want to keep we just want to keep it real. We want to be unfiltered. We want to have a good time. Um, but let's get into this thing. MPO season recap twenty twenty one. I mean, we can go straight to the stats. We can give you the the world rankings. But let's talk about some things that we enjoyed this uh, this year. Mm. Um, Let's talk about our favorite shots, excluding the James Conrad the, shot. Yeah, the shot. Dang. Yeah, you cannot say that's like saying, "Oh, my favorite flavor of ice cream is chocolate." Like, no, that it, it, it's got to be more. Original. Not everybody's favorite flavor of chocolate is no, chocolate. I, I hate, I hate chocolate. chocolate. I don't like chocolate ice cream at all. But it, course, it's, it's, it's. Are you a vanilla person? Yes, I like wow. I like vanilla like cream wow. desserts. I don't oh, like. Oh, I well, would. It gets even bougier. It's not just vanilla. It's vanilla cream. Well, I'm saying I don't. Cream? No, I was saying I don't want it 
Like I would rather, if I had to choose between a chocolate dessert and a like chocolate. vanilla, a vanilla, like, or like a fruit and cream dessert, I would choose fruit and like something like that over chocolate, like over like a it, death his, by chocolate. His, his chocolate kryptonite chocolate. is mint chocolate. I love mint chocolate yeah. chips. It's my favorite. Anyway, what I was saying is, and the joke I was going to say before you messed it up was that I don't want it to be vanilla and no holy shot. It's got to be, got to be better than that. So maybe your favorite, wow. give me your favorite shot of the year. Eagle book pen straddled over a guardrail forehanding at 400 feet to the pen. Pretty sure that was a D-glow. Yeah, that shot was insane. Didn't uh, Kyle Klein ended up up there as well, but he actually had a full run up. Yeah. But yeah, that was insane. What did he throw? Was it probably DD3? I had to guess. I want to say it was a mid-range, but DD3 makes sense as well. Yeah, that was insane. People can do a lot with a lot of this. Oh, you can do so much. Oh, which speaking of which, sorry, so super sidebar. Did you guys see uh, Kevin Jones sneak peeking the new uh, overstable putter coming from Prodigy? Yeah, the PX3. Yeah, is that what it is? It looks like a zone. Well, so I, we thought it was PX3, but I was looking on Facebook earlier when somebody took a screenshot, and I think it was Schusterick or Gannon Burr. One of them nixed it and said it's not being called the PX3. So. It's you can look out on PDGA and what they submitted, and that's the mm. name they so yeah, they call submitted it. PDGA or yeah. sub- submitted uh, PX3 at I least think. to get the mold approved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they can change the name all they want. Yeah, which is interesting because I feel like the A2 is very similar to a zone, mm. but I guess it's it's more it's faster though, isn't it? Yeah, probably is. Yeah, it's definitely faster. You're right. Um, but Hayden, what was your favorite shot of the year or one of them? Oh, wasn't um. Was Kevin Jones' slip ace this year? No. That nope. was last, last year. year. Hmm. That could be a favorite shot, though. I don't blame you. I don't know if I have a favorite shot. I have more of like a favorite like style of like something that just started happening. Like shot-wise. My favorite shot was Yuli's at uh, USTDC. That was fun. Which On one? hole um, 10. Or 11. Sorry. Over the bushes. Hole 11. Which one are you talking Over about? Over the row of bushes by the, the Coliseum. Oh the my gosh. Yes. In, in person. Yeah. In person. The Over the row job. I forgot. <laughs> around the tree and is safe. Yeah. That was awesome. Completely out of like the biggest shank ever. No one has ever. What did the guy say? He had there's a guy who's been spotting on that hole for like 10 plus years and he was like, I've never seen anyone yeah, get like, bounce yeah. from there. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was pretty nuts. That was absolutely nuts. Um, I don't know if I have a, a specific favorite shot, but I think Kevin Jones bringing back the grenade in the fashion that he has brought it back is yes. probably my favorite thing. Mainly because, like, as someone who does media and like and everything, like you, you want to be prepared. You want to be able to, you know, know what's coming. But walking with Gatekeeper at the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championships. And Kevin was on the card and he was just throwing some ridiculous things. And they would just look at each other and be like, can we get an, a warning? Can we get like some kind of idea that this is coming? Because he would just do it out of nowhere. And it's like, and you're like how do Whoa. you film that? Like yeah. there, there's no freaking way to film the shot. And I love that it's literally just like breaking disc off. Um, it, it's just, it's hilarious to me. And Hayden and I have actually started to throw them and mess with it. And there's like a max distance that that can really even be thrown at, I feel yeah. like. And, and it's just Kevin a funny shot. Distance. Oh yeah, 100%. But it's just a funny thing that like he's made it a part of his game to completely yeah. avoid lines. Um, I was at the fort on hold, was a hold two. 
Oh, yeah, hole two. two at the fort yeah. where he just throws over the top. Like three out of the four it, rounds, yeah. out of the five rounds, he throws it. Just, it. it just breaks disc golf. Like, it really does. And wasn't he doing it again at, um, was it Idlewild? Because there's that one hole that has, like, Kevin Jones. Like, he's got, like, a plaque at that hole where he's always hit first available. Yep. And, like, one of these, like, on a documentary, he was like, yeah, I'm just going to grenade over this instead. Yeah, I didn't know he had a plaque. That's hilarious. It was something. Yeah, Jomez did a little, like, like slow-mo kind of like set up right before the round started where they were like talking about Kevin Jones's whole, maybe it was gatekeeper did it. Somebody mm-hmm. did it. It was funny. That's awesome. So I love it. Um, yeah. It's just, I think this year we saw more like just ridiculous shots. I think obviously the shot her around the world, the holy shot you had. Um, I mean, just throw-ins on throw-ins on throw-ins. I think we were on more on ESPN than ever before. I mean, it was, it was a pretty crazy just year of it. And I think, a lot of people just left it out on the line and yeah, said, yeah. hey, we had a sh- crappy, shitty year last year, mm-hmm. and let's go show something. <laughs> yeah, I think it's definitely like it because more players are getting contracts and because they're like they're not worried about how they necessarily finish every single mm-hmm. week because of the salaries and kind of things. You saw players going harder than ever, running things that you yeah. normally wouldn't run, not even caring if it wasn't if it wasn't first place it didn't matter is what I mean, it felt like. Like we talked pre-round, it's like our pre-podcast. It's like there weren't rankings last year, mm-hmm. nope. at all, just because yeah. of COVID. So people were like, "All right, let's see how we do." Mm-hmm. They're ready to go. Yeah. Ready to go. And that kind of almost gave it like a gave the players a <clears throat> a new baseline. So mm-hmm. that way, instead of it going, <clears throat> "Oh, this well, person's number right. one," blah blah blah. Yeah. So instead of it being, they're like, "You're number one in 2019." We've had a whole year where nobody counted. Mm-hmm. So this year can be my year. So, I mean, and we saw that link. I mean, I think Eagle for a while there was top of the leaderboard. Ricky mm-hmm. you charged up because Paul was on top. And yep. all of a sudden you got these other guys. And for a little while, it's like every week that number one spot would shift. It was really cool to watch. So, Do you think that we, just, that people started to lean away from, I know I started to not even care about what PDGA said was the number one player in the world. And I started no, caring UDISC. more about UDISC. Yeah, I think if anything, I think stats, because the way disc engages and yes, their stats and their dominance index, they made it more than just ratings. Because I think yep. PDGA is based right. on ratings and then so tournament ratings. wins. Tournament wins. So, yep. in which case, to be looking at Statmando, if you go back, it's gonna be Ricky and Paul still number one. But UDISC yep. at least puts it into well, there's a ratio, and then there's there's an upset like Matthew Orham. I don't think should have technically been in a top 10, but because of how well he played this season, Udisc is like, uh, watch out for Matty O. He's like number eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's eight right so, now. Yeah, I think Udisc is going to, just kind of like we saw the Pro Tour envelop PDGA, I almost wonder if Udisc will kind of be the way Pro Tour looks, or even mm-hmm. we as fans look at players now, and yeah. PDGA ratings are just kind of like a, well, I have a membership, so I have a rating, but it doesn't matter. I don't be surprised if Udis even starts doing this for local clubs because they do have a focus. I love it. They have a focus both for pros and for your local player. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, it's definitely interesting how the rankings have changed, but also it's still disc golf. And I think we've talked about it so much on this podcast over the past couple of months we've been doing this is that any player could win at any time. Yeah. I mean, look at the disc golf pro tour championships, Nathan Queen taking yep. it down. I mean, he obviously, he probably jumped a good amount of spots on, uh, on the leaderboard on UDISC, but like he definitely wasn't even close to the top 10 before mm-hmm. he won that, you know, like 
it definitely felt like this year for sure. There were so many more names in the mix. Um, we'll talk about FPO next week, but just so many more names in the mix that you didn't expect. And it was amazing. I thought this was one of the most exciting and most enjoyable years of disc golf um, because it was just anyone can win at any time. Nathan it was Queen. fun to see. Oh, wow. Sorry. He's 30th. He's 42nd. Yeah, 42nd. And it actually says he he dropped. So even though he won the Pro Tour, the Pro Tour Championship, yeah, that's right. it must not have played because it wasn't, maybe because it wasn't a traditional tournament style. It didn't yeah, play. Maybe into, it affected something. Yeah. Maybe. Smaller amount, of, smaller field as well. So his he wasn't beating as many people based yeah, on their... Because if you look at Michael Johansson, Johansson jumped up 12 spots. I wonder if Udisk's last like update with that was uh, USTGC. Mm-mm. It says it was the last update was... Uh, oh, no, it is. You're right. Rankings are updated okay, through yeah, Saturday, October 9th through that. Interesting. Huh. huh. Didn't know that. Well, anyway, I mean, obviously, we had Ricky Wysocki take down, I mean, the freaking everything but world champions in United States Pretty championships, much. I feel like. He was the number one player uh, for points in the national tour, number one player for points in the pro tour, number one player in the world on UDISC. I mean, yep. What I mean, what can he not do? I mean, it, it is insane. I what was the the stat we had that he was in? He cashed at every single event this year. He was in the top 10, 21 out of 23 events this year. Yep. Like, yeah. and if those, I doubt the other two, he was outside of the top 15, if I had to guess. And then he saw, he saw 14 podiums. That means of the half top 10 or half of the top 10 is roughly a little bit over half. Three he's fourths, top yeah. three. Mm-hmm. Or two thirds. Uh, yeah. Two thirds. And then he was top with three. six wins on top of that. So, I mean, the, he in made two, in two thirds of his tournaments, he was in the top three. Yeah, this number to me is just staggering. In the last twelve months, so granted that cuts a little bit of twenty twenty season, mm-hmm. but he has made seventy four thousand four hundred and twenty nine dollars just in tournament winnings. Playing disc golf, and that's yeah. just ter- yeah, like you said, just tournament winnings. So that that's not mm-hmm. even including any kind of Innova bonuses <clears throat> or payoffs. Um, I'm looking at UMCO. <laughs> so, yeah, I think. Not to be overshadowed by Paul McBeth, who made $79,000 this year, which is crazy, right. but it's because Ricky did not do as well at Worlds um, as Paul did. Um, so, I mean, and he didn't do as well as Paul did at um, Disc Golf Pro Tour. So that makes sense. But I mean, I'm excited to see Ricky and Paul. I think, yes, that battle is continuous. That battle has been ongoing on since, what was it 2015 Worlds was like the, mm-hmm. the big, the big one in, um, or was it 2014? I think it was 14. Yeah. Might have been 24. They're like the original Ricky and Paul battle. And they were going on for seven years. And it's crazy when you think about it like that. It's for seven years, these two guys have been at the top. Yes, there's a bunch of other names that have, you know, won a tournament here and there, made made some pushes. But to see Ricky Wysocki and Paul McBeth be battling at the top two for seven years, I mean, this is this is something that we're we're gonna tell our kids about one day, you know? Like right. That this is that like you know you hear these guys now, but like when back in my day, right? You know, it's this like is, the Tiger Woods for us and and my yeah, golf because really my dad is. grew up, or even uh, LeBron. LeBron. I was trying to think. Of, there's that other golfer. My dad loved him. He used to play. He's older than Tiger. Um, Phil Mickelson. Yes, Phil Mickelson. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ignore the fact that you just forgot who Phil Mickelson was. I don't follow golf that heavily. I'm, I do apologize. Yeah, I guess that's right. Um, why you you did speak about LeBron though, Hayden? Do you know LeBron has almost been in the NBA for 20 years? Mm-hmm. 
that's crazy to me. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Um, but Ooh, or Chipper Jones to our kids. Sorry, mm-hmm. go Braves. True, Small go Braves. Plug. Yeah, oh yeah. World Shout out. We're, we're all from Atlanta here. Absolutely. World Series champions. The Atlanta Braves. Bravos. Shout out game for game six. Insane. Mm-hmm. So great. Oh, so good. Most baseball I've watched in years and years <laughs> and years. Support the home team, but I, I don't like baseball. So, but it's all right. Big Braves, Braves City. They're doing the parade in what, two days? It's going to be on oh, Friday, yeah, I believe. Yep. And, they're, and, they're and they might f- be at Disney, potentially. Well, yeah, yeah they might it. go to Disney. Some, some teams go to Disney. Yeah, the Astros went the year they cheated and won, and my yeah. wife was working it. So we're kind of hoping the Braves end up going because we're going to be down there this weekend. Not going to nice. lie. I would love to see Freddie Freeman in person or all these cool. or any of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Freddie Freeman might be too tall to ride some of those rides. <laughs> he, how tall? He's like 6'6". Six, six. I don't know. He and He's several huge. other players. Solaire's huge too. Mm-hmm. That's true. Anywho, we are Solaire, way off. Solaire should play football. <laughs> Speaking yeah, of, of baseball players who should play disc golf, any of those people. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, right. Um, speaking of someone who pretty much can throw a, I would love to see Eagle McMahon throw a fastball. Oh um, my God. Because, well, when, he's not, mean, when he's not doing it sideways and pulling out a shoulder. Right. But I mean, that's out of that. But I mean, he had a phenomenal year as well. I mean, number yeah. three in the world, uh, 18 events. He only played 18 events, which is he, well, kind of crazy. He, he didn't was, play a lot of the Silver Series. A lot of the Silver Series. And obviously he got hurt, so he didn't play DGP, the finale. DGPT finale. And I feel like there was one or two where he was just like, nah, I'm not showing up. Like it was ones where we all expected him. Like an, I think it was maybe like an idle while where he just didn't show up. He just kind of took the... Maybe. Some, some of those Eastern the Eastern seaboard stuff. He just kind of mm-hmm. sat out, which totally understandable. Yeah. Um, I mean, he had some big wins though this year. I mean, Vegas, well, see, so yeah, Vegas, OTB, yep. D glow. And then in, in serious fashion too, he had some, some wins that were, I mean, in playoffs. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we definitely saw him just go for it. I think we're going to see, I, I was really hoping to see uh, Eagle win worlds. I think we're going to see how many years do you think it's going to be before Eagle McMahon wins worlds? I'm gonna give him three more years. Let's put it. Let's put this. You three years. Okay. So next year we know is that it's in Emporia. Okay. They that might change said, things. They haven't that said might... what courses it's gonna be. Of no. course, it's probably going think, to be. I think they announced uh, they're building a new. I don't it's know gonna if it's be country club, one, of course. But it's in supposed some way. to be. It's supposed to be a new like because they're already doing. Dynamic Discs already pushing media for it on Instagram, and a lot of, of it's this idea of we're we're building a world's level like professional level it's gonna be supreme i'm still nervous about it because i just i've always felt like ddo like that course is just so open and mitch you and i talked about you know it's we talked brutal, about the first though. episode of this podcast where it's like but what kind of mixture of oh yeah like, like what the Utah standard that fun. worlds was set yeah right. because of the extreme differences but also extreme difficulty of the fort and i forget the golf course's name um, i don't remember but it's it's definitely like it set a standard. So I hope for worlds we'll see that. But um, I mean, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. But moving down the leaderboard of this, Chris Dickerson, I mean, an amazing year, um, consistent year. Mm-hmm. But also like it, it didn't feel like he was in the mix as much as he was. Um, he had said on his social media and stuff, he was had some health concerns, some mental health stuff going on, a lot of things going on this year that I think definitely affected him more than like we realized, but at the same time, like just on the course, off the course, he felt like he was a little bit off this year. But then you look at the amount of money that he made this year, the amount of top tens, the amount of, you know, 
he cashed in every tournament he played in. He had 12 wins on the season. I mean, it was a phenomenal year for him, yeah. but you didn't really realize it. Some of these I do want to point out because because his money is so low. So if you look at it, he played 29 events, which is six more than Ricky and Paul played. And I would put Dickerson at the caliber of Ricky and Paul. Like, honestly, I don't think you should ever count Dickerson out. When he's, mm-hmm. when he's in it, he's in it. But right. I do know that, like, knowing Dickerson, I don't know him, but following him on Instagram and kind of pick up on some patterns, he loves the local A-tier scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of these wins and the lower cash prizes, I think definitely comes from him playing local Tennessee oh, eight sure. tiers. There was he, that doesn't, he doesn't really full tour. He's has right. he said he's going to full tour this year. He didn't play the preserve announced yet. He didn't play a lot. Of, he's he's never full toured. Yeah, like he kind he, he picks and chooses his events. He always comes around for MCO. Mm-hmm. Always comes around for USDGC and Pro Tour finale. Um, typically yeah, missed, the eastern side he'll show up the western missed, stuff though he missed yeah. a whole bunch of stuff out west like lvc otb mm-hmm. um portland he didn't do, he didn't do but any Dickinson of the doesn't western. like open golf i think he really enjoys woods golf and so he's going to stick to the east yeah, coast he, does, he, doesn't doesn't do, he doesn't do the west coast really at all touring wise i don't think he has really committed do you to think it. that's hurting him he was a um, i don't think it's hurting him i mean he's the number 4 player it in the world hurt i think his, well, it might hurt his exposure i feel um, like if you're trying to be number like be at the top you gotta play as much as possible even if it's on courses that you don't like i mean you don't but have a choice that, i mean you have saying, you have a choice not, but at the same time it's like but know. he is playing he's just not playing pro tour events i think he's playing a lot mm-hmm. of the local tennessee stuff while spending time with his wife and family at home like they just moved last year so that explains last year maybe this you know coming into 2022 we'll see yeah yeah i mean you never know i don't know i mean and it's his choice, but I, I feel like it's almost a crutch if he's not playing those DGPT events. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, that does surprise me he's not at Preserve because that is basically a Prodigy-hosted event with mm-hmm. it being Kale LaVisco's course and Prodigy-sponsored. I feel like it would help a lot for Chris to be yeah, there. Yeah, I would love to see I would love to see Chris on the on the full full swing of tour. Um, yeah. but it is a, it is an exhausting like it, it's a full commit. There's yeah. a lot of players that are not full touring that you I mean Matty O's one as well. Matty O's one um, as well. Yeah. I mean, you just, just I think I think he'll full tour next year. I think after his success with the when he jumped in this year, I think he'll full tour. Yeah, I think or he's we'll see him or we'll see him sooner. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely interesting to see like some of those bigger names that don't full tour. There's a mm-hmm. there's a good amount on the women's side as well that are like big names, and then you're just like, wait, they don't full tour. Um, but it's definitely like it's been an interesting year to see all these different names, but let's talk about that for a second. So what are, you know, give me, give me two or three players that um, I'll start off with one that definitely has had a huge potential in these past couple of years, but this year really popped off. Uh, my number one is Kyle Klein wow. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No that's, freaking doubt. It's definitely has to be up there. Cause when, when was his first like come up on the scene? It was uh Maple Hill 2018. Or it was Am Worlds, wasn't it? Well, no, yeah. but I'm talking about like Pro Tour, like when he was oh. on like on coverage. Eagle. Pro Tour was it? No, it was Maple Hill 20. In my opinion, it's Maple Hill 2019. Was it 2019 he, when he was on lead card? Well, and all that I think stuff? I think he won Am Worlds 2018. Goes on tour 2019, and it's at it's at Maple Hill is when he just like mm-hmm. when he was like top puts, three. He was top three. I think he finished third, but mm-hmm. he was in contention for first for a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Then, so literally two years. Right, and he has completely, completely gone. I mean, when when you're playing with Simon and Eagle, that's true. You got to be good. Yeah. Um, but also like uh, in the chat, Drew Gibson, of course, 
Yeah, I mean Drew I mean, Gibson. Great pick. Yeah, he actually Drew Gibson actually commented on the disc golf pro tour like most improved player like yeah. post, and he was like, I mean, I'd probably say me. I was like, that's such <laughs> yeah. a Drew thing to do, but also like yeah. he's not wrong. It's not wrong at all. I mean, just I mean, watch his jump putts at the finale. <laughs> it yeah. was incredible. Dude was on fire this year. Um, yeah, another person, great. Adam Hammes is one I think. Yeah, I um, would he's, agree. He's he's he kind had... of plays in the shadows, hangs out. I love watching him and Barella practice together a lot. I'm mm-hmm. waiting for Barella. To, like Barella has the potential, but he's not. Doesn't he hasn't full tour? Yeah, this is the first year I think Adam full full toured. Right, like, because of college, they were they were doing college and putting yeah. more time into and that. I think, which I, well, I think I know Barella hurt himself earlier in the year because I saw him caddying for Gibson at some of the West Coast events, um, and he or Gibson posted about Barella having like a hand injury, um, and then Barella yeah school, and then I think also. Barella, not even not even full touring, he still managed mm-hmm. to be top thirty-two tour points for DGPT, which is incredible. Yeah, great player. It's just oh, typically, yeah. he, I think he tends to kind of blow up on that last round, which I mean, a lot of players do. It's understandable the pressure and the nerves. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I love like Barella has a very smooth form. He's a power crusher, six hundred feet easy. Watch any coverage of him at like Goat Hill from any of the past years. Mm-hmm. The dude just smashes. I also oh, yeah. think he's used to those West Coast. Mm-hmm courses though big wide open mm-hmm. yeah the woods just eat them up they'll even post on instagram of him playing just cali golf and it's just like yeah. open it's so different. i'm like okay i think the biggest but, thing holding brilla back is his putt yeah, I, think I think he so puts well. way too damn hard mm. like he puts <laughs> so freaking hard at the basket one putt and, sorry bringing this up but no one puts as hard as holly finley <laughs> Holly Finley does. So his own Scoggins putts really hard as well. Freaking power grips a putter. Does she really you, power grip her putter? Yes, she power Jeez. grips her putter. I didn't know that. How do you wow. do that? Uh, Eric McCabe fan grips. Man, there's, I could see a fan grip, but like power grip, grip makes more sense than a power grip. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Like that. so much force coming off that. I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. You know what? You're good. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Um, another big. Um, Big name this year. I think uh, we talked about Matty O. Thought about Adam. Talked about Cal Klein, which coincidentally those are six, seven, eight on the top 10 rankings. Drew Gibson. Obviously, Drew Gibson has been in the mix for a long time, but him switching to, I mean, and of course, we talked about it last week, signing the ridiculous contract. Um, probably the most ridiculous contract in disc golf history, in my opinion. Like, yes, the numbers of like 10 million over 10 years for Paul was insane, but like being uncapped, being just Right. It's as long as Drew Gibson's in the sport and producing product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he he is incredibly, incredibly deserving. And I think he is is changing sponsorships. I think he is changing. So and I mean the disc golf player management group. I mean, there's there's that kind of stuff has come up this year that is really going to be changing um lives, changing players' lives, changing this the way the sport works with. And I wonder how the manufacturers feel about some of that kind of stuff. Um they're gonna have to change things up. Yeah. I mean, there, there's Adapt. a standard. Yeah. Yeah. There's a standard that definitely is, is being set and which is so interesting because infinite, like, yes, they are a manufacturer, but I mean, Innova makes their discs, like they're not a full manufacturer, but to be a, a probably the biggest storefront for disc golf, I would, I would assume, um, in revenue and sales, I would assume it's infinite. Um, it, it's so interesting to see that they have the monetary like ability to do that but also the fact that they are saying we are now sponsoring people as team infinite. And I wonder, or I'm not going to wonder, let's talk about it. Who, who do y'all think maybe would, would benefit from it? And, or do you think we're going to see anyone go to team infinite in the off season? 
I'm not sure about player contracts and like all that kind of stuff. I don't know who's no, up they, and who's they, not. I think there's uh, a lot next year, but there's not as many like up for. I haven't heard changes. many announced this year. Yeah, um, I don't think any NFL players will. No. Why is but, that? I just, I just don't. I, I, there, I think there's like a stigma around Innova, and like the players just are like. But I would agree. With, I would say that there's a stigma around Discraft too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, if you're a Discraft player, because in my head, I'm thinking, ooh, Ben Calloway, I think, would benefit. Uh, only ben, Calloway's, ben Calloway's been sponsored by Innova, or not Innova, by Discraft for years. his entire career, for almost 20 years. Right, but this yeah. year was his breakout year. So, in my opinion, he's a young guy. was his first tour. time touring. Right. Yeah. Um, I but know. I guess. Uh, I really, yeah. I, don't, I, think I don't think I could say one person. The way and we'll see who decides to jump mm-hmm. on that, that train. Mm-hmm. I would probably argue that if it's a player who already has multiple sponsorships, so ones who yeah. had to scrounge, like, and you know the ones by when you see their Instagram posts and they're tagging uh, their manufacturer, they're tagging like a health bar, they're tagging a disc golf bag, they're tagging a storefront, and they're tagging, you know, a van company. Like they got, they had to accrue all of these sponsorships just so they could be on tour. I think the opposite is true too, though, is it's the people that are at the top have those things well because they have the ability and reach and companies want them. That could be true. I really don't. I don't don't think I could pick one person, honestly. I'd have to really comb through them and see just kind of like... They really haven't expressed an interest in, as far as I can tell, in open bags. So I think Drew is really just going to be the torchbearer. And I think in the next couple of years, we'll start seeing more players go... Either we'll see brand new players who come off of the AM side going, I'm going to do the Drew Gibson route, mm-hmm. or we'll see pro players who go, I can either make more money or gain more influence by doing the mm-hmm. Drew Gibson route. Yeah. I think there's more money to be made um, on the infinite side because you can throw, you can't have signature Whatever discs with want. multiple companies. Yep. Um, I think that's a big thing. Someone who I think actually would benefit from it and who I wouldn't be surprised to do it is Kevin Jones. I think I could see Kevin Jones going open bag. Um, because he was with ProDiscus for for a long time and had a pretty much open bag, except for you know these couple of discs that he threw. Um, of his ProDiscus lineup was very small. Um, I think we're gonna see more um, like of of the those players maybe come. I think we're gonna see some older guys, guys like Johnny McRae, guys like I mean obviously Dave Felberg is Mister Infinite, um, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think, think I, Johnny will ever leave Latitude. To really? be honest, no. I don't know. I think him and like Eric McCabe, like I think those guys are. Well, Eric McCabe is like one of the co-owners of flagships for DD and Latitude. Yeah. And I don't think they're ever going to leave it. So Johnny wasn't. Johnny was. Uh, who was he with before Latitude? I'm not sure. I've been Innova. I forget who it was. I've only ever known Johnny as Latitude. Yeah. So, but I think I think there's there's definitely players that like their games. I feel like need more than what one manufacturer can provide, um, like in which they do. And I think, so, I mean, obviously there's different, different discs or different, everyone's all the plastic yeah. is so similar. I'm going to look out so for then is, is revisit this conversation a year and mm-hmm. in a year after patient, because I, I do notice when a player is there like, Hey, I convinced my company to make a new disc or I keep, mm-hmm. I can't find a disc that fits this style like when paul came to discraft he essentially just retooled a kong which is now the zeus to fit his destroyer type slot and then he's been messing around with his overstable fairway 
He's gone mm-hmm. between like the Raptor and if you're familiar. I, I think, I don't know if that was, he did that because he wanted, he didn't find discs that he liked. I think it was because he had the opportunity to put his name on a disc and say, yes, this is, but this I have creating also, a disc. But I have also seen where he's, I've seen videos and I've seen posts where he's fussed about, I can't find a disc that fits this slot. And I think those are your players if they get frustrated enough, the open bag, just like where Drew says, where he's like, look, the buzz is perfect for what I need it to do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so I throw the buzz here, and then I throw, uh, you know, leopard three over here. So yeah, I think the buzz. I don't know, like the buzz is very similar to a lot of discs, though. Like when I'm thinking, like when I think Kevin Jones, I'm like, there's companies who make phenomenal like thumber discs or phenomenal like, and you you've heard player like, and you're right though. There are players who say, oh, well, I don't have this disc. Like I I need to be able to throw a mid-range. And I think it was Kevin Jones who even said, like, the jokery, I think is what he said, which I'm assuming what this will become and kind of be like, that PX3 or whatever this, like, mystery disc is, yeah. could be something that is, like, he needs something, a putter or a mid-range he can rip and throw 400 feet. You know, he needs that that disc and, like, to fill that hole. But I don't know. I I, I would like to see more players do it because it, it brings in it. I think it's so good for manufacturers to say, hey, you can throw an open bag. Because it doesn't say that everyone has to throw the exact same stuff. Yeah. What he's doing is going to change it up. And definitely people you're going to see people flood and decide to do this because of the opportunity it allows them. Mm-hmm. And it just gives you more flexibility of, I can throw whatever I want mm-hmm. and whatever works. I don't yeah. have to stick to guidelines, stick to this, stick to that. I'm just figure out what works for me and throw it. Yeah. And I feel like that's just more of a benefit to the players and also manufacturers because they're still making money and the players still making money. Yeah. So why would you not, why would mm-hmm. you not be in cohesion and let it happen? Right. So. I know I completely agree with you there. Um, let's talk about the biggest um, streaks that people went on um, like with, with wins. Um, I think the most consistent, obviously you can say would be Ricky um, in, in the runs that he did and everything. Yeah. But, who else comes to mind when you think like they were just so, so consistent? I mean, later half of the season, Paul Macbeth, but I was dropped that off. Definitely. And then Eagle was pretty consistent, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, had a couple, you know, out Eagle of top was 10. the most consistent he's been. In a long time. In a long time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I'm trying to look at stats as well, just like yeah. where they finished. I really don't know. Um, I think Adam Hamas again was was someone that was just at the top. So he so was, so much. But also, you look at his DGPT finishes. Preserve. Or the, hold on. Yeah, preserve. He was forty fifth. Ledgestone fifty fourth. That's, I mean, that's a fallout yeah, I, there. I feel like Hammond's mm-hmm. got more consistent towards the end of the season, yeah. but yeah. not through the whole season. I don't think I can name any one person, like aside from Ricky. I think Ricky was probably the most consistent mm-hmm. of our, uh, like the player pool. Um, I mean, even all, you can throw in Calvin in finishing, mm-hmm. uh, but Calvin had a few moments where he just like where he starts off the season hot. I remember Calvin starting off this season 
He only Always had a, top five, and then all of a sudden, I lost him for a while. Like somewhere in the middle, yeah. after Worlds, especially, Goblin's gone. Yeah. He popped back up again in Woods Golf, but eh, he kind of lost his flow. So oh. I don't know how you would figure out who was the most consistent besides Ricky. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. There's not really a stat for like consistency, but I, I don't either. I'm just trying to think of who finished in the least top five. I think Matty O is up there as well when he actually did come on tour because he wasn't on tour the entire time. I think definitely, definitely Matty O was the most. I mean, Matty O's been playing for freaking ever. Um, I mean, the amount of events that he plays um, per year is is absurd. This is probably his first year of full, full touring, like at least consider the most touring he's done in a long time was definitely this year. Yeah. Um, but I think Matteo for sure is going to going to be a huge contender next year. What are some other highlights um, from this year that you guys had? I just enjoyed it. It was fun having fans and watching crowds be there. Um, I mean, you can say the same thing with baseball in every sport or every sport this year. Um, having fans back is fantastic. It makes the f- sport way much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I heard it. Gives, I watched I th- the final nine of, uh, of Las Vegas uh, this year. I watched it today. And they even said, like, this is a phase one event. There's still, you know, no spectators. Like, they were, and even, I think it was Yuli. He was like, man, it's going to be, what do you think it's going to happen to the spectators this year? Like, we're going to see them in full force, like, once we do get back. Which is so crazy to think that at the beginning of this year, we still didn't have spectators. We're yeah, now with like us going to USDGC and then us being at a, uh, or me being at Disc Golf Pro Tour. I mean, like there was mm-hmm. thousands. I mean, absolute thousands. So I think if we if we can stay healthy, if everything can stay correct moving forward, we're going to see a huge, 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 like surge in coverage, surge in people jumping on there. I mean, look at what what we were able to do this year of jumping on and just saying, Hey, let's oh interview God, yeah. people. Let's talk to people. Like we're in such it a spot never for happened. our sport to explode. Um, especially on the men's side, we'll talk about the women's next, next week. Um, but I think in the men's side for sure with NADGT this week, um, or I guess last week, I mean, it's, it's definitely seeing these players that are up and coming and seeing, it was interesting. One of the, uh, the points that I think it was germ who talked about it, that uh, I forget the guy's name. One of them was, uh, saying he said that this guy's emulating Anthony Barella's form. Like if there's hmm. someone that looks like him, like when did you have before this maybe last year or two that you had someone that was emulating Barella? Who hasn't been emulating your your Rickies, your Pauls, your 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 Kevin Jones, these guys that have been here for a while? Like it's interesting to see that even players that are up and coming now are emulating guys that are now like up and coming. I mean, I see that. I mean you think of it as like any kind of like one who steps onto a stage and shows that they can do something um, and people look up, up to them. Um, I mean, I've been watching and playing for years and you just, as, as people go and people move out and people come in, like you kind of like you, you look at it and you're like, okay, I like what he's doing. I'll take mm-hmm. something of that. And then you take something else from somebody else and you just kind of mold yourself into your own person, but you're like right. a form of what they can do mm-hmm. um, or what they do um, because they're at the top and you look up to them and they're doing well. So obviously it works. You just got to figure out what, if it works for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that, that is a no, no brainer of why 
they're looking at Barella, you're looking at Kyle Klein, you're looking mm-hmm. at, um, shoot, even people out of the top 10. Um, I mean, top 10 is relative to a point of like, okay, that's how you did this year, but it doesn't mean you didn't do well. Mm-hmm. I mean, plus in the top 50, that's still good. Yeah. So many yeah, even if there are forms that you can you can watch, like I love watching Euliberry's form, but Euliberry is not a top ten player. But I think yeah, he's got a very smooth form. I there's think he's no great way that I think he could be a top ten player anymore. Like with the amount of no, what, the, what his schedule is, his no, age, no his schedule. Yeah. I just don't see it. Him, him being, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hold out hope, man. If Michael Johansson can still every now and then kick butt or at least make a run for it, Euliberry. I love I love Yuli, MJ. But he's no MJ. Like let me, I'm just gonna put MJ's that out there, and he would level. say that too. Yuli, if you're listening to this, I <laughs> no, still Yuli love would you. agree with that. He would yeah, totally probably agree would. With that. You know, same MJ with Jeremy just, Colling. I mean, they're just yeah. they're they're playing, having fun. Yeah, they get frustrated because they're not playing well, but anybody else would. Yeah, but they, not their well. careers though are also exactly their careers are set with Jomez, oh, yeah. and it, I'm yeah. sure you know. I don't know what's gonna happen in the future with Jomez and the Pro Tour and Disc Golf Network, but. I would assume that Nate Sexton, Newley, and, and Big Germ have a spot somewhere on a commentary team. Sexton's oh, already got it with Network. Yeah. So good, good for them for doing that and keeping mm-hmm. that hustle alive for sure. I don't know what you guys want to talk about next, but I kind of wanted to bring up something a Go little bit controversial that's on um, Ulti World. Hot take with Let's Hayden get it. Let's get it. Um, This was a while back. I don't know if you guys talked about this in Worlds. At the, that episode, but I'm just now reading it. It's back in July, but like, there's there's to a point of with worlds and how it went, um, and other you know continuation of you know bringing back volunteers, people to do tournaments and stuff. It's talking about a closer look at the world's criticism, Obi lines driving range in the future of PDGA Pro events. Obviously, that's you know, turn into something different now with them mm-hmm. teaming up with DGPT. Um, the Disc Golf Pro Tour, the official, what is it? The, the world, what is it? The official the, tour the, of official tour, the official tour PDGA. of the PDGA. Yes. Yeah. Which is just do you, the most bullshit. So the thing. biggest thing <laughs> that this article talks about was that how before the tournament, there were no OB lines. Ah, marked, yes. Until the day of. And then, are you referring to the Eagle McMahon moment when yeah, he the calls Eagle, it out? Eagle, yeah. even... Um, Actually, they changed overnight. So, round one, they played with no OB lines. And then, yeah. overnight, they painted it. Yuli said something about, you know, like, everybody pretty much chimed right. in on it about there was that, why there was the were there nobody range. doing anything. Even... Um, where did I go to it? Um, I think the most the PDJ did respond to that was what they added to the purse. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, look, we put more money in your winnings. Which, which happened a couple times with just random. MCO is the same way where MCO yeah. was like, we added 10 grand. And you're like, who, just, who gave you the how? Yeah. Eric and Oakley why was had it to not make there? a post. <laughs> yeah. Eric Oakley literally made a post saying, calling all Utah people. Dynamodis is in need of help setting up the course. Why do they need help setting up a course? This is mm-hmm. a pro tour event. It's also yeah. the worlds. It's like if worlds, you're worlds, you should not need. Why is there no OB line? Why is that marked weeks yeah, I before think, I think so these players know where it's at? We could probably do an entire podcast talking ah, about I'm sure what we the could. standards. We, I mean, we probably should do a stand, like what it looks like to have a disc golf just, basket, like consistency. A Like our sport is now at the point where there, we, we mentioned this last week, Hayden, about the consistency of 
tournaments and that our yeah. sport, because of the now millions of dollars that are floating mm-hmm. around in our sport, like we're at the point where fifty eight percent more increased purse than twenty eighteen. Wow, yeah, just insane, and rightfully so. I mean, the sport has yeah. exploded. COVID, I mean, every bit of it definitely exploded. Like the sport, the 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 reach, the money, the just overall like look of disc golf has changed so much. Mm-hmm. But I think. Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I don't think it's gonna happen this year, um, but I think or as in like this year as in 2022. But by 2023, I hope. But I think we're gonna have a lot more consistency with baskets with the physical part of our sport. Like I mean, the, you, the unchanged, even, you, you even have that, to. What was it? Um, that Deanne was saying that they didn't even have baskets ready for her or mm-hmm. for FPO. Yeah, at one of the tournaments, I'm just like, uh, was, I think that was MCO because you could see it in Jomez's flyover coverage. Yeah, they had little how, like pop-ups. Yeah, I'm just like, how are you not pre-prepared for this tournament that has got millions, not millions, but I mean, it takes but that millions. millions is in the players. It's not in the the system. No, I, saw that. I, understand, I saw that firsthand. I understand that, that. Pro Tour, like this called Pro Tour Championships for sure, was a big, big thing to see. Like the team that runs the disc golf Pro Tour. Oh, it's is insane. Small. It is so uh, in our like, comments, uh, another good point, which again, this should all go into PDGA standards or tournament standards T-pads. podcast, but T pads. Oh yeah. For We've sure. seen a ton of different T pads, but that's the only thing. But how is, do you do that? How do you go about doing that for each course that you play on? That it, it comes down to like how, look, well, well, Hayden, let's, let's take it to like, we talk, there's a lot of connections because of the grassroots kind of feel of stuff between like professional disc golf and gaming. We talked about it mm-hmm. last week with contracts with Ninja yeah. and Tim and Tatman and these guys that have made, you know, different Oops. that have made huge moves that the sport or the the game or that industry has never seen before yep. for that to happen we saw in, in league of legends right, it was three to five years ago in which the league of legends became franchised it was these mm-hmm. 10 teams you're not going in and out like there's a consistency to yep. do that for t-pad specific baskets are a little bit easier you can travel with with 18 or with you can travel with 30 sure, it's obvious that the carry veterans yeah. around yeah, which I mean, you you can do that to an extent. You're, you're gonna but, have to have local people be in on it, and yep. and you're gonna have do. to have these these pro tour events planned years in advance. Yep. Yeah, well, I was gonna say either that, or you're gonna start seeing the loss of the local courses, like a, a day law kind of course, and eventually you're just going to see kind of like how golf Private has courses. the Masters. Yeah, you're gonna see this is more a DGPT course. It's open throughout the year for your local guys to come pay a greens fee, but then come. May we turn it over and it becomes you know the mm-hmm. Champions Cup or whatever. So, which I mean that is a huge step in the professionalism of our sport mm-hmm. and going mainstream. It's, it's not going to happen. But I know there's going to. It's not going to happen overnight. No, and there's definitely going to be a hurt on the the grassroots side where we're all like, but we love that you come and play our local Jacksonville course or the local mm-hmm. California course because that, that just draws can't out happen crowds. No. It's going to no, come to the point where it just the size can't. we're at and and. Uh, the we talked about this that people are playing at now right. is going to reach level a level and it's going to cap off to where you're going to, it's just going to meld into, you're going to have so much inconsistencies mm-hmm. and people are going to get mad and they're going to yeah. have more frustration. And right. then it's just going to have to be like, all right, someone's going to have to do it and someone's going to do it, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be in the next five years. I don't doubt like next five years. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I just don't, there's no way there's, there's a professionalism that will mm-hmm. come. And yeah. the thing is, is in, uh, we got a chat saying this, 
Dehester in the chat saying, I mean, pay to play courses are definitely the future and they're already there. Yeah. But I mean, we already to make it a consistent thing. I think it's going to, it's going to have to go that direction. And I think it can, there's going to be, um, I was reading an article. I think it actually came across like, you know, how like Google will just send you notifications and it's like with like updates from like some of your searches or whatever, like you searched yeah. this recently. Here's, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever, if I looked up the score of a game or whatever, anyway, yeah, it's I got a notification it. from, I think it was Nantucket or it was some, maybe not Nantucket, it was something. No, 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 it wasn't Nantucket. It was in Finland. Um, Nantucket made me think of it because it's an island, but um, in somewhere, I think it was in Finland. Of course it's Finland. I mean, no surprise here. Um, yeah. Was saying that there was an entire island that these people like owned that they turned into a disc golf destination. Yeah, it's disc golf. It's like 12... Yeah. It was like what is like 12, 12, 13 courses or something like that. The entire oh, it's industry. Not, I think it's more than that. It's more than that. It, it's yeah, insane. Disc, it's Discmania sponsored. Discmania announced it with a trailer. Uh, oh, I never knew that. Ago. This is the first I had heard of it. Okay, so it's like two years ago. Yeah, they had a whole thing on YouTube, but it is a it's essentially a vacation destination. Yeah, I think it's, stores, I think it's 18, the foods, everything. Gosh, I think it's eighteen courses. It's over fifteen for sure. And it's and it's of different skill levels. And I mean, you could easily spend three four days playing mm-hmm. i mean it's it's but it's yeah finland oh, has, i know where i'm going finland has right? <laughs> an, basically has an attraction they essentially we're going have for a, all of our bachelor parties that's tourism, yeah <laughs> get your passports ready boys uh-huh. yeah <laughs> but it's, it is a destination but i think that would be amazing to have happen yeah but i think our sport is not there yet but with that it is kind in of thing it is it, i know but it isn't this isn't europe um but i think we're we're seeing it more and more grow in a year like this year with more money, with more payouts. Um, it's only going to go up. It's only going to keep going up. And I mean, look what we're doing sitting here now. Like the amount of podcasts, the amount of YouTube, yeah. the amount of, of just growth of our sport has been so big this year. Um, what do you think the biggest driving factor of that is? Like a, a, an actual thing. Do you think it's level of play? Do you think it's, you know, exposure? What do you think it is? Authenticity and accessibility. In what way? I think you see that disc golf players are authentic for the most part. I haven't really seen a fake one. Most of them will tell you exactly how they're feeling. They're willing to share tips with you. They're willing to teach you, unlike other athletes in other sports where they feel like they are king bee or king or whatever, queen bee, and they're so, or they're so high elevated you can't even get close to them. Whereas you, I could probably send Eric Oakley a DM tonight and there is a 75% chance he'll text, he'll message me back. Like that's a solid chance or a Drew Gibson. Paul Macbeth, maybe not because he's attained that level and he aspires mm-hmm. to be at that level. He sees himself at that level and that's fine. But I think overall you have authenticity and then for accessibility, we're a cheap sport to play. You yeah. just go spend 10 bucks on a starter pack of discs and you're out there throwing. You meet a local guy on the course who's willing to show you how to fix your form. And all of a sudden within six months, or if you look like a Kyle Klein who blows up overnight and goes from am worlds to, Hey, I'm a top 10 in the world. In, in one six year. months, you spend over a hundred thousand dollars on disc golf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then he gets sponsored by Discmania. Yeah. Gosh, boy. But I, I think those two things are what helps drive the sport, especially in the pandemic, the accessibility part. It's I need to get outside mm-hmm. because I'm going crazy inside. The yeah. only thing no, open that, that are these been... parks with baskets and frisbees. Hmm. I, I think the biggest thing in my opinion is uh is exposure is media i think the the growth and consistency and the level of you know there's more than just jomez that's full touring now mm-hmm. right um with gatekeeper with gk pro 
um, Ace Run Pro. I mean, you, we have some of these, like these companies that are now deciding to work together. And it's like, and, it, and it's not that there was any like divide. I mean, these guys are all friends. They're all hanging out all the time. But definitely this year, specifically with some of like the chase card check-ins with some of these, these things there, there has been, if there's ever been a year that it feels like the phrase of a rising, uh, rising tide raises all ships. Like uh, there's definitely like Jomez being like the top media company, but all these other media companies, all these other, you know, organizations and, you know, like just media as a whole has been so much more um, this, this year. I mean, there's, we've been on ESPN way more. There's been deals signed with ESPN. You know, there, there's a level of exposure on the social media side that is so, so, so much more. I mean, how many of there's, there's top disc offer, like disc offers that are now verified on Instagram, you know, like it's, it's a weird thing to think that like, there is a celebrity, like if there's famous and there's like disc golf famous. I mean, and you know, it's like, it's not, it's not really like, I mean, Paul Macbeth can still walk to, you know, target and no one's going to say anything, you know, like it's not that level yet, but it's definitely like on the way there. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just thought I'd bring that up, kind of talk about it as in where it should be, why it should be there. And I don't know. It's just, yeah, that's definitely a good thing. Like in this, I think it'll be great for the sport. Great for the sport. So great for it, because as a player or yourself, I mean, could you even us? Could you imagine going to a course that you're playing like a B tier or A tier, and there's no OB like designated or like explicitly explained, or change between rounds, or change between rounds? Pretty like, rare. What if we People played? M- what if we played Atlanta and Mark? While we were all at lunch, comes back and I was like, "Oh, by the way, I took 17's fairway and tightened it, and now if you cross X line, you're OB." I mean, I'm sure you, there's rules. I wouldn't see, I wouldn't see Mark doing that, but there's <laughs> definitely some TDs that would 100. No, I'm not saying Mark would, but I'm just I'm using that as an example because we all I'm three just, were there and played. I'm it. just saying yeah, it's yeah. just like there's got to be a standard you hold Look, yourself to. Let's think it this way: in 20 years, we'll be in our almost 50s. Shut up. I'll say that. Um, it's true. We will be almost. I'll still almost be in the I'll be like 45. Yo, yeah, so. almost, almost in our 50s. Anyway, um, do you think our sport, like when you go to a basketball court, when you go to a basketball gym, it's all wood. You know what I mean? There's all a consistency, like if you're in a gym or right. if you go to a tennis court, like you're going to know, hey, I'm going to be on a grass court. Hey, I'm going to be on a cement court. Like there's a consistency of that. Do you think our sport will ever get, will ever get to the point where even the like yeah. social players were going to have a consistency of tee pads yeah. or consistency of, of baskets. Like this is the standard or do you I think so? Do you think because like, I don't know, because our sport is I, so grassroots and because it is designated by parks and by the County and by the cities and stuff that there's never going to be a consistency of it. I think, I think that's, that's, where the, that's, that's where social media and PDGA and all those people who, I guess at that point and people who play um, have to take a stand and be like, look, this is what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but this is the standard. I'm not putting anything else in. I'm not cheating. I'm not not cheating, but like I'm not cutting the system to save a couple bucks. This is what we're doing. This is how it goes. Sorry. If you don't want want us to bring people to your parks and have a disc golf park, yeah. Okay, sorry, but it's going to be at this level. Yeah, on the pro tour level, I think it has to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it yes. has to have yeah, consistency. Absolutely. Has to happen. And we actually was about to bring this up. It's funny. Gatekeeper Media just joined our chat. What's up, boys? Um, they brought up an amazing point that I want to talk about before we, we wrap this thing up. Um, 
as courses change, as uh, not courses, as the players change, as the game changes, as the level gets bigger and bigger and bigger, there's going to have to be a consistency and a design standpoint mm-hmm. of courses. Yeah. Of uh, like this course is designed with cameras in mind. mind. Yep. With spectators in mind. mind. Yep. Yeah. With like there is a a level of consistency, a level of play, a level of expectation where yes, maybe there is going to say, Hey, for the next five years, we're I mean, going to sign Derek is already going out there. Right. Doing I mean, it. He, yeah. He mentioned that he's, that he's pre rounds, figure out where he needs to sit. Yeah. All the media covers are that, but I'm <laughs> yeah. saying from like, from a, a, a contractual standpoint, oh, yeah, the yeah, tour yeah. is going to have to say, be. Hey, this year we're having 10 events. And for the next five years, we have signed a contract with this parks department in Burlington, Kentucky for the Idle Wild Open that we're going to play the Idle Wild Open for the next five years consistently. And because of that, this, 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 this are going to happen. Yep. These trees are going to be taken out. These things like there's going to be, there has to be a consistency mm-hmm. in that. It won't it, grow. It, it, yeah. It's going to, we're going to reach a point where it's like, it's going to show that happened at worlds with, it's gonna cap. You know, with, Oh, we don't have a practice field. Oh, we don't have this. Like that yeah. can't happen yeah. anymore. Nope. Like I think this year set a standard for like, it's got to get, good like it yeah, has to it, yeah Can't i mean scrape by or improvise by anymore. the fact that brody even had to throw a thousand dollars of his own the, money a player in a, the tournament had to pay mm-hmm. the the venue like yeah that no. was insane that cannot happen no and the pro tour or pdga should reimburse him if yeah. they haven't already i don't think no one said anything about it but i think like, they kind of gave him a cold shoulder and a dirty word and moved yeah. on yeah. I understand that, but it's just like it's that should not happen. I mean, mm-hmm. wait, and we, we we get that. <laughs> that's that's yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I so mad with the PDGA, and we yeah, right. so. I mean, they don't but, care. I mean, circling back, yeah. it, it, we we come back to. I mean, our whole topic of this podcast was. I mean, is the men's recap. I think to to circle that, like you had so so many players. I mean, how many players making over fifty thousand dollars in lot. tournament earnings? Like when your tournament is handing out that amount of money, there's got to be a level of consistency. And I'm, I'm excited to see it. I think it needs to happen. I think it's going to have to, there's going to be, I mean, I love that our sport is so green. We say that so much on this podcast. And I mean, everyone that plays this sport loves it, but there comes a point where it's like, Hey, it's got to become a business. Mm-hmm. It's got to become a real thing that like, this is a, a, a next level thing that can go places that can be in the mainstream that can take these next steps. And when we're handing out thousands of dollars to multiple, multiple players throughout a year, and we're playing those on mock three baskets that can't catch a putt from the top player. <laughs> that's the best putter in the world. Like uh, it just, it just, it's got to change. <laughs> It has to. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen next year. Um, but wrapping this thing up, I mean, this year, we've said it many, many times already, was an absolute game changer in so many ways when it comes to payouts, when it comes to players winning, when it comes to, you know, names that are that are up and coming. But honestly, some of these names we've talked about, Adam Hamas, you know, Kyle Klein, like these guys are up and coming, but like they're here to stay. They're not just coming yep. anymore. Like they they're, they're here. They're your next generation. They're yeah. just waiting for Paul and Ricky to finally get to the point where they have to start playing, you know, MP40. <laughs> they so, got a while before that. They got a while for that. <laughs> 20 years, but... You know what I mean, though. Gosh, 40-year-old Ricky. Ricky's our age. Me and Hayden. Ricky's mm-hmm. Hayden's and Hayden and I's age. So it's like, I can't imagine seeing Ricky be 40. 40. Ricky. 
He's probably still going to be. He'll shredding. still kick butt. He'll still no. Nah, he'll still oh play God, in BO. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. not even. He's not even playing B forty. I mean, it's awesome. It's going to be an exciting new year. Um, For sure. I'm excited I mean, to see what it new doesn't names start. We talk about next year. It doesn't start mm-hmm. till February, so it's we've got a while to go. Yep. But off season it's going to be fun. Um, hopefully, I, I don't know. Uh, we talked about some good questions here. Maybe we can ask people who we have on pros, other people, what mm-hmm. they think about those questions and where they think it's good and yeah. why they think it's headed that way. Mm-hmm. So, that'll be interesting on their take of that. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Mm-hmm. But no. You guys got any other points you want to talk about before we wrap up? No. Can't think of anything. I'm pretty good. Yeah. It was well, fun. Yeah, MPO is blessed. I think we we saw more coverage, more money, more more players at the top than ever before. We're going to continue this conversation next week mm-hmm. um, with the FPO field, um, kind of getting an idea of where we want to head with this. Definitely going to have some some more stats, some more um, you know talking points and things, and continue that into the FPO um, breakdown next week. But yeah, I mean this, I can't say it enough. I'm I'm going to miss it, you know. But at the same time, like I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the off season. Um, what are some of you guys' off season plans? Well, just stay healthy, be able to play. Might play one A tier, and that's probably going to write the end of it for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, more, it's definitely like just getting healthy and staying consistently healthy. I mean, Hayden and I were playing even today, and I'm like, man, I'm just so ready to not be in pain. I'd <laughs> so love to ready. put 100 more feet on my distance. Yeah. Oh, I taught Hayden the thing today. with uh, as After being a Disc Golf Pro Tour, I took a lot of videos of um, – like slow mos and stuff for socials as I was like posting stories and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and realized almost all the top pros, when they release the disc, their back foot is not on the ground anymore. Like they're pushing off. And as their motion comes through, huh. like their, their, their weight shift is so much that they only have their front foot on the ground by the time that disc is even crossing their front foot. And me and Hayden were messing with it tonight. <laughs> Oh my God! Aiden literally was throwing a good a lot of, hundred plus feet further, like <laughs> with not a lot of force. I Aiden was pushing. Aiden was pushing five hundred without like even trying. He went like one hundred and fifty feet long on a three hundred foot hole. Yeah, oh. I was like, "What the hell?" With an FX too, <laughs> like with a with wow. a stupid overstable disc. Wow. Okay, I know what I'm practicing. Well, yeah, it's a weird timing thing. We'll get into that more, but definitely off season yeah. things is just adding. That's what that's season off season. I mean, I had a hundred feet and. And yeah. get better putting, but there you 100 go. feet, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, off season club. plans for sure. Enjoying the fact that Florida doesn't get snow, uh, and so I playing, love snow. So. Playing when I can. Well, I don't mm. like playing in the snow. I love playing um, in the snow. Like I have Thursday and Friday off of work next week because Florida has a weather day. Oh, guess um, what? Cobb County got Friday off this week because the Braves. Celebrate the Braves, yeah. Nice. I wish I was in Atlanta. Um, That's awesome. But so I got Thursday friend off next week, so maybe I'll throw a million in a stroller, let mama get some free time, and then I'll go play a 18-hole course because I don't get a chance to go out and do that while the sun's still shining anymore. Nice. Um, definitely it's a lot that. of daylight savings. Right. I'll be up for the week of Thanksgiving, so if I'm allowed, I will bring my discs regardless. But if I'm allowed to sneak away, I'd love to see one of you boys and hang out and go I'll be in, I'll be in Kentucky. Kentucky. I don't know where Kentucky, that The land be. of old people and trees. Can't yeah, they got right. rid of those your property up there. Old there people and trees? They don't no, have to get rid of those. No, your grandparents. I thought they got rid of their property. No, they're not on their property, but they all still live up there. So we'll still be in this oh, city. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Elizabethtown, Kentucky. There's a good good disc golf course there. Maybe I'll be able to play it. One last thing. Actually, I want to talk about this one more. One last thing. Um, was there anyone else this year other than James Conrad that was first year on a team that was as consistent as he was? I don't think so. I thought no. Nico was first year with Westside, but that was his, no, second, it's his year. second year. Kyle? I know it's his no, second Kyle's year. But... It's his second year disc mania. Yeah, that's it. I was just thinking about that and I was like, there's was, not... was James really the only new contract coming out of last season? Mm-hmm. Sarah Hokum as well. They got both of them. MVP. Mm-hmm. She did really well too. Yeah. We'll I talk about that next week. With the prodigy women's, but... pick somebody up, but yeah, we'll look it up. And we'll find out. But yeah, just something I thought about just here at the end. <laughs> um, definitely, we want to shout out our sponsor, Upper Park Disc Golf, for everything they do. They had an amazing announcement. Um, we'll talk about it next week for sure. Um, one of the up and coming uh, women in our our sport, Kat Mersh, is new and has officially joined Upper Park Disc Golf team. So shout Excellent. out to you, Kat. Great pickup there. Excellent. Um, a lot of just big names coming, some more things to be announced in this offseason with some sponsors Upper Park. Um, just so excited for that. But yeah, definitely head over to upperparkdiscoff.com, use code parked 10 P-A-R-K-E-D 10 to directly support us all here at the podcast and also support the best bag um on in our sport period, we think. Planet. Um best bag planet. planet and the planet. There's not the, a better solar system. Bag. <laughs> uh, we love it. But yeah, definitely check out upper park disc golf use code park 10 um and we're getting closer and closer to idio sports shoe um, yes still taking late orders no yes. he's done oh, oh wait did he yes that's right he, he said the email, thing. The email update yep, i think I did. monday yep, so monday if you're listening and you're an idio supporter he's officially mm-hmm. closed it which means they're now going full tilt production he did however say that with all the shipping uh, fiascos going on. Snafu was the word I wanted to use. There you go. You're just in bingo mm-hmm. term is snafu. Snafu. Uh, that's that's S N A F O O. Anyway, all that said, uh, he said that expect your idio shoe to arrive in March of next Ooh, year. Pushing March. So maybe we'll have our idios for the Champions Cup in Augusta next year. Yeah. Worth it. Worth the wait. Worth the wait for sure. Um, but definitely exciting on that. Um, Hopefully, you know, we're going to have some more conversations. Uh, We talked about this last week. If you uh, are listening to this podcast and you work at a brewery, you have anything like that, we'd love to partner and uh, and get some beer and be able to shout you out here on the podcast as well. Um, Just trying to come up with awesome things. Or a distillery if you brew. Distillery, anything like that too. From anything alcohol related. Anything alcohol related. If you want to send it to us. We'll tell you how it really is though. Like it tastes like toothpaste. It tastes like toothpaste. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh but actually, Mitch it says it's Mitch is meaner than we are, but yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you like there it is. Go. It's true. <laughs> Goodness. Well, this has been, <laughs> for all of us here at Parked Podcast, this has been a little different. Good hang. Uh, hope you've enjoyed this one. Uh, excited for the off season. Again, we're going to have some really great guests on, getting all that stuff in the works uh, with all the time we have before February. And uh, I believe it's Vegas is first. Is that correct? On the yep. Pro Tour? Yep, LVC um, is the first one. Yep, so we're counting on the days to that. But until then, it's going to be a good off season. Hope you have a great week. Hope you have a great day or night, whatever time you're listening to this to. And for all of us here at Park Podcast, I have been Mitch Phillips. I'm Hayden Ricard. And I'm Justin Killale. And we'll Woo. talk to you next week. We love Bye. you. Bye. Bye.